When it comes to wings, everyone knows size does matter. No one knows it better than Wings Etc. Grill and Pub in Niles. Wings Etc. has the biggest, meatiest, award-winning jumbo wings in town. Choose from a wide selection of signature wing sauces, including our crazy hot habanero wall sauce. If you love wings and a whole lot more, come to Wings Etc. Niles to watch your favorite sports all year long. Wings Etc. Niles, official game fuel for high school sports. Find us at 2008 South 11th Street in Niles or online at wingsetc.com. For the best in high school sports, RC Sportscasting. Welcome to the RC Sportscasting Podcast, Coach's Corner Edition. Week 7 already of the 2023 football season. We are live here at Wings, etc., to talk to our area coaches. Just two tonight, as once again, Coach Mark Fry, who was also the assistant principal at Buchanan, has administrative duties tonight. So Coach Fry will be unable to attend, uh, but we'll talk a little bit about the Bucks game this past week um, in his absence. And of course, we'll be talking with Coach Scott Shaw of the Niles Vikings and Justin Kinsey of the Brandywine Bobcats. I am your host, Rob Klingerman. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at RC Sportscasting. Let's go to the scoreboard from last Friday night as the big game that everybody was waiting for was in Niles for homecoming as the Edwardsburg Eddies came into town and it was all Niles as the Vikings shut out Edwardsburg 49 to nothing. It was a tough night for Brandywine after coming off a huge win against Dewajak the week prior. They just could not get things going and ran into a buzzsaw as Benton Harbor shuts out Brandywine 23 to nothing. And another shutout, Buchanan blanks Bronson 27 to nothing. That was actually on Thursday night. It was Paw Paw over Three Rivers 47 to 14. Berrien Springs defeats Dewajak, handing the Chieftains their second straight loss 28 to 6. And the shocker of the night and the weekend as far as local high school sports, not only did St. Joe knock off Lakeshore, they blanked them 35 to nothing. So wondering if there was a big party or something that happened at Lakeshore of missing kids, but who knows? But the Bears at the War of the Shore put it all together and beat Lakeshore 35 nothing. Those are your scores as we are now joined by the Niles Viking head coach Scott Shaw in Breaking news, folks, this just in. Officially, rumor has it that Scott Shaw is on the hot seat because Niles did not score 50 <laughs> points this week. He was one shy at 49. Congratulations, another big win. Thank you. And Thank you. obviously it was a huge night for Niles. It was homecoming. Um, I think the only thing that wasn't pleasant was the weather. Yeah. You I, know, I think and, you and, got – And I think we lucked out there. Uh, we uh, – it rained early, and then it stopped at game time. And really the only rain we had was right at the start of the second half and a little bit windy. But uh, overall, I, I, I think we really lucked out weather-wise. Up at Benton Harbor, we had – did you guys deal with a lot of wind here? Because we had, yeah, There was some wind. I mean, yeah. that wind was coming off Lake Michigan, blowing right across yeah. Benton Harbor's field, something fierce. I mean, that was something really that actually had an impact in the game as well. I didn't – you know, sp- yeah, it wasn't it, it it wasn't an impact, but it, uh, it it was there. You could feel it, and you know enough to say, that, okay, I'm going to kick this way with the wind, uh, as opposed to uh, you know not being able to tell which way it was going. 
I can only imagine with the excitement that was going into the in the air last Friday at Niles that I'm sure them kids were ready. To, as soon as school was dismissed Friday, they were probably ready to kick off. Yeah, we had a lot of them in the locker room. They hung out in there and uh, talked with each other and, you know, just, just kind of they were excited and uh, they were ready to hit the field and ready to get going. Give us your – what is like on game day, like especially for a home game, what is kind of your itinerary like from the mom? I mean, do they stay with you? Do, you, do they go home for a little bit, come back? Kind of sh- kind of share our, your, yeah, they, they your do, pregame. They do both. Uh, we just tell them that, you know, I want them dressed by a certain time, uh, both home and away. Uh, so in, in other, and we in, tell them what time we're going to have a meeting. We always have a meeting before. Uh, that way we can check, make sure everybody's dressed, everybody's ready, everybody's there, and, and such and so on. So, uh, and and we talk and go over special teams and things at, at, uh, like that at at, at that time. Uh, so we don't tell them what time they have to be there. We just tell them that if you need taped, uh, you need to be taped by this time. Uh, and Katie, uh, our, our trainer, does a great job of getting these kids uh, uh, taped up and ready and and out on time and and. Uh, treatments and all that kind of stuff so uh we're, we're fortunate there but uh you know some of them, uh, most of them go someplace get something to eat either go home or come you know some of them stay there if they don't have a ride back and forth they stay there and order food there and eat there and and things i you know i've done it both ways we've had team dinners uh the night of and and things like that i think a lot of kids just Want to be on their own at yeah. some point, you know. They want to. They want to get in their music. They want to get right. their headphones on and right. just kind of like get into their own little world for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So we 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 let them do that. You know, they don't do anything foolish, and because it's before a game, but uh, uh, you know, we we trust them, and they're they're all back on time and back early, uh, and uh, you know, they 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 have done a great job preparing uh, by themselves. Were you per? Were you anywhere cautious last week about them being overhyped and and making mistakes that way? Well, sometimes, yeah, sometimes you are. I don't, I don't think I am with this bunch because they approach everything even keeled all, all, all across the board. The fact that it was homecoming and, and things like that, I think it helped a little bit as far as, uh, uh, you know, get, getting the uh, excitement going and, and things. But they didn't need any more excitement for, for Edwardsburg. But, uh you know, sometimes sometimes they are, but this this group really has never uh, been over the top uh, with excessive, uh, you know, wasted energy and, and things like that. You know, and we always tell them, you're not going to win it or lose it. Well, you're not going to win it in pregame. So slow down, uh, just get warmed up. And, and I've changed that over the course of uh, uh, many years, too, that, I, I, you know, we used to get out there almost at 530 and have all these elaborate things going on, station to station, and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. And I, then one day I just woke up and said, why? You know, in practice we, we do cows, uh, we, we run, we stretch a little bit, then we get right into it. You know, what's the difference between practice and a game? So uh, we've cut our, our uh, time on the field before a game uh, drastically down. So. Well, obviously you, that didn't happen as you guys came and you, and you brought your A game, you put it all together with a 49 nothing shutout. Um, just, just talk a little bit about, once again, I'm sure it's probably going to be the same players that have stepped up. I mean, you, you've got a full arsenal of, of, of weapons. It's, with your, it's pretty much been obvious. You've got a very equal opportunity offense, and, and yeah. everybody is benefiting from that. Yeah, and, it, you know, and uh, I, heard the, I heard the term four horsemen uh, this past weekend. That pretty much describes us. 
you know, we're we're a four-headed beast, and uh, well, maybe not a beast, but anyway, somebody that can hurt you. Uh, you know, Talon had another great game at quarterback. Uh, Paul Hess had a great game at at fullback. We pretty much controlled the front, you know, with, with our line, uh, both lines of scrimmage. Uh, I, they didn't get a first down till you know late in the first half, and uh, you know we were we were pretty dominant defensively uh, the whole game. But offensively, we were able to, you know, we weren't able to chunk it as much as we were uh, as we have been. But we we got big plays, and we. You know, I, we didn't punt, so that tells you that we were pretty efficient. Uh, we didn't punt until, I mean, almost the last play of the game. But, uh, uh, you know, our, our kids played well. They played hard, and uh, uh, I couldn't be more proud of them. Describe the atmosphere of Friday night, because I'm sure it had to be up just in attendance. I would love to get with Matt Brawley to see actually what the actual attendance was. I yeah. know, like I said, some people probably may have been a little bit more, obviously, if the weather would have been yeah. a little bit more tolerable. But I still, that still had to be a pretty packed house Friday. Yeah, I think I think the weather maybe hindered them a little bit because I didn't. They I, didn't bring as many people as I thought they would. Uh, but our side was full and and uh, standing room only along the fence on the home side. And uh, uh, oh, it was great. Uh, you know, fireworks going on. You know, music going on. And uh, if you weren't at a football game, you'd swear you were at uh, some county fair or something, you know, going on. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. Uh, and I, it was a great place or a great atmosphere to play in. Well, it was quite the production from the media standpoint. Well, and, and I got to give kudos to Matt Brawley, your athletic director, because I know he was probably just relieved to get the game started because before, I mean, he had four media crews. I mean, he obviously had us. He had the other Niles uh, Viking Network. He had the Edwardsburg uh, Radio Network. And then you had Channel 46 there with Chuck wow. Freeby and Bo Hunt and Angelo DiCarlo. They, so, I mean, he had a – speaking of four horsemen, he had to deal with a four-headed monster of, of all of us media. So, Matt, I appreciate you being Tommy. He's one of the best ADs. I, and I'm good friends with Matt. I'm not saying that this just because because I've dealt with Matt both as, as a broadcaster and as a coach, and I've not ever w- worked with an athletic director better than Matt Brawley. I've worked with a lot of great ones, but I've never worked with one better than Matt. He does a great job, and I'm so glad that he's home at his alma mater. Right. I mean, that was a home run hire um, when Niles hired him. Yeah, he's, but, he's great with all of our athletics, and, uh, uh, you know, you couldn't ask for somebody that cares more for kids, and, and uh, the job that he does is, is outstanding. On the bad side, when we look at Edwardsburg, I had to look. It's like – you know, even going in the week prior, you know, they were shut out by Paul Paul. It's like, man, I wonder when the last time Edwardsburg was even shut out. And then you obviously then shut them out on Friday. So I went back. The last time that Edwardsburg was shut out in a game was in 2007. Then you've got to go clear back to 1988, the last time they were shut out in consecutive weeks. Yeah, that's a long time. That's yeah. a long time. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they, they've had their run. Um, and I feel bad for Coach Pearly. Dan's a great guy, and I know he's got some things to work out. Um, and, and the Eddies will be back, there's no doubt. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, that's, that's just too good of a program. It's too good of a community and school for them not to rebound. And, and they're still not out of it. I mean, it's not like their season's completely over. They, they are still playoff eligible. No, I think, yeah, if they, if they win too, they're, they're going to be in. And, you know, it depends who you watch uh, and who you uh, 
right. get your prognostications <laughs> from. Uh, both them and Vicksburg could uh, still be alive and uh, and things. So I think we're I think we're safe uh, as far as playoffs are concerned, you know. But that's right now our our goal is just to win this week and then get Paw Paw and and. Uh, but I got to ask you. I mean, you you have to be rooting for like the Edwardsburg and Vicksburgs to win out because. I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, let, let's just say if, let's say they lose out and neither one of them get in, and then it's just you. I mean, you could be looking at playing Paul Paul back to back weeks, and then and then you might be looking at it like a, a Grand Rapids parochial school week two. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm saying yeah. if Edwardsburg and Vicksburg would not get in, to where if they do, that kind of right. T- Am I wrong? Would that buy you some time? If I mean, granted, you obviously you got to you know take one week at a time. But if you should keep winning, you know, eventually you're going to run into the Grand Rapids West Catholics and the Chelseas of the world at some point. Right. And I got to believe that with Edwardsburg and the likes of Edwardsburg and Vicksburg getting in, that means that delays <laughs> that yeah. ma- that potential well, matchup. Well, if you guys in our district, you know, they're all geographic anyway, so. Uh, if Edwardsburg and Vicksburg and Papa on us, that could that, that's that's probably the one that I look most likely uh, think we're going to see. But uh, you know, there's Hastings and uh, Wayland and Hamilton, all kind of sitting there uh, uh, just to the north of us that would drop down and into our thing. If the season was over today, where what would it what would it shape out? Have you looked? Well, yeah, but it's it's impossible to say. Uh, <laughs> Coach Charles, yeah. like, quit asking me these yeah. damn questions. Well, Rob. Y- you know, the uh, uh, y- you can say it this week and then next week because you know you never know who's going to win a game, and then you never know really how their bonus points are going to figure. Uh, you have a pretty good idea, a pretty good understanding, and there's a there's a website out there called Goose Poop that uh, uh, he he's pretty good. I um, mean, he's got it all set up, computerized. So Snooze to you's got some competition now. Finally. Well, yeah, 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 he does, and and. You know, Snooze, uh, he, he gets them right most of the time, but I think they, I, I think he looks at the Goose Poop guys uh, type guy and get, gets his uh, computer rankings anyway. Uh, but then they all try to draw it geographically. The problem with that is that you never know how the MHSA is going to divide it. They, you know, one year they'll go north and south, and another the year they'll go east and west. And, uh, you know, it's just it, it, they, they say that they, their, their whole goal in the first two rounds is to avoid – massive travel well you know it, it, for us that's okay because we're going to be you know we're probably never going to have to go any further than Pawpaw or Hastings or, or well uh, Hamilton uh, would be the one that dropped down uh, but uh, yeah you, you know once you get once you get through the first one uh, first through the district you know then then that re- we would what we're playing for right now is to get host the district two games Right. If we would be fortunate enough to win the district, then uh, have enough points on whoever the we're going whoever we're going to be matched up against in region 1 or region 2 uh, that drops down we get that regional game at home too. So Well, the silver lining is is that we're actually having this conversation because a couple yeah. of years ago we would not be having this conversation in regards to Niles football right. and now and now we are. So that that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Looking ahead this week, um, you guys have your last road game of the regular season as you guys will go up to Plainwell. And where we talked in, in week one, this is where when I asked you, I said, when did it kind of all change for you last year? And it was the Plainwell game. Yeah, the Plainwell, we, uh, 
We had a really good second half of playing well game and won it in overtime. And uh, I think after that point, we uh, we, we we just took off. And, uh, you know, playing well, they, they've had it rough this year. Uh, they've, they've struggled a little bit. But, uh, you know, it, it, you learn a long time if you coach long enough that anybody on any night can beat you. Uh, the weather's supposed to be not very good. We're supposed to have a lot of rain and, and uh, wind and uh, even thunderstorms again. So, uh, you know, you never know what, what's going to happen. And with us, uh, you know, we, we try to do enough that we don't have to rely on just pitching the ball and throwing the ball. The, the, the passing teams on Friday are going to they're, they're struggle because uh, it's windy and, and going to be wet. Well, and not to mention, too, and this is obviously a thing that, you know, we would not have been talking about a couple years either. But now, I mean, you guys are one of the talk of Southwest Michigan and and the turnaround that this program has had. So there's a little bit of a bullseye on your back. So, I mean, if Plainwell can't get up for you, I mean, they're obviously going to be fired up. Good chance is probably senior night or homecoming for them. It is homecoming. So it's got to be with when you're coming into week eight, it's got to be one or the other. So obviously it's going to be a big crowd for them. So and as you said, anything can happen on any given night. Right, and that and that's what we're talking about now this week is that uh, just taking care of business. And you know, I told them tonight uh, at practice, I wasn't worried about that because they've they've proven so far this year that they're able to handle that. You know, uh, not looking ahead, coming out every week with the same level of business-like uh, attitude, and uh, just going out and taking care of business. And our kids, I mean, I, I, I've told you this before, but. They love to play, and they have fun playing, and uh, uh, they are intense players, if that makes, if that makes any sense. But uh, uh, they, they really love the game, they love to play, and they love to impose their will on people, and that, that's the mark of a good team. Kind of reminds me of me being a diehard Bears fan. I remember uh, Coach Dick always talked about the 85 Bears, and the thing that always stuck with me was he said there are a bunch of characters that have character. Yeah. And I yeah. always thought that that always kind of stuck with me. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, somewhat similar cases, what you have, not so much maybe being characters, but, um, you uh, know. We got some characters, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to get away a little bit from, let, let, let's, let's sidestep away from high school football. And I got to ask you, not only as a head coach, but you're a Hall of Fame coach, you're a state, you've won a state championship. Um, when you've watched, like, Notre Dame the last couple of weeks, and, and you're an offensive guy. You call the plays. What are your thoughts in these last couple of weeks watching this Notre Dame team and some of the coaching decisions that, I mean, because even just the common fan are like, what are you guys doing? Well, the, the only thing that, uh, uh, you know, I'm I, obviously I, I read all these things that people are saying, and, and uh, they have no idea. I have no idea right. what's going on at practice. Uh, I have no idea what Sam Hartman's limitations and, uh, you know, you can see his strengths because he's, you know, he's a great leader. Uh, he gets along with his team. He's got a great arm. He can throw the ball. Uh, I don't know what his limitations are. I don't know what their offensive line's limitations are. Uh, you know, and I, I, but I always find it curious that somebody sitting in the third row uh, does and they and they will vocalize that uh, to anybody that just listen. like your fence line dads that you have at high school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and what what happens a lot of times if you go up and offer that guy a pen and say, draw exactly what you are talking about. You know, what would you do? Uh, you know, uh, chances are very good that they wouldn't. Uh, they they couldn't do it. So yeah. Uh, you know, uh, 
uh, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 oh, let me ask you this: When it was the fourth down play, and you're down by eleven, do you put? If you're making that call, are you punting, or are you still or going for it like Coach Freeman did? Uh, we went for a fourth and eleven the last two games and and hit it. So. Uh, <laughs> I guess that tells you what I would do, uh, but uh, we weren't in that uh, situation. Situation, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes you got to play. You know, the, the one that astounds me, and I'll tell you this, is the way Miami lost. Oh my goodness, yes. Uh, you know, when you don't kneel the ball oh. and, and things like that. You know, just the fundamental things that you teach as a coach. You know, you're, you're less than forty seconds. All you got to do is kneel one time. Yes. And uh, you win the game. But, uh, and, and you know why? Did you hear why they did not? Was because they wanted that running back was at 99 yards and they, they wanted 100. to get him at 100. So that's why they, they elected to do that, the dive. And then he, which the fumble itself was a little questionable, but yeah. you know, they reviewed it and it, it stayed. And then obviously at that point, you still got to go out and play defense, which Miami, I think, was just so devastated about yeah. in shock and awe that then. You know, they left the guy wide open for that touchdown pass. But, yeah, I mean, that was. Yeah, you don't even need to be in that situation. Oh. You know? and, and if you're given, if you're telling, uh, if a tailback or a player can talk you into a bad decision, then you're not a very good coach, no. I think. You know, that's just my opinion. Uh, you know, winning is too hard to take it, uh, you know, frivolously or whatever. You know, it, 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 you know our, our, our kids started uh, against – they, there was one game this year that they started chanting, it's too easy, you know, real loud. And, uh, you know, I just kind of turned around and looked, and I told them, it, it's not easy, though. You know, it, you don't realize that uh, all the work that goes into a, to a win. And now, great for Georgia Tech and bad for my – they both work. You know, they both practice. They, they both take each other, uh, uh, you know, seriously and take the game seriously. But, you know, just it, – it's a shame because I wonder if – the kid that blew the coverage on third and 12 in the third quarter and got yelled at because of his mistake, I wonder if Mario Cristobal got yelled at by himself for right. his mistake, you know, so. Right. And for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, Miami, the, the U, Miami Hurricanes was playing Georgia Tech, and they basically had the game wrapped up. All they had to do was take a knee with, I think it was like 34, 36 seconds left. And um, they just have to take a knee. The game's over. Georgia Tech doesn't have any timeouts. And Miami elects to run one more play to get their running back 100 yards, and he fumbled it. And then Georgia Tech gets it, and two plays later, they're in the end zone. They win the game. So that's, that's what we're talking about. Um, take football away. What, are you, what does Scott Shaw do to kind of decompress? Enjoy, what do you enjoy doing away from football? Well, and do you get a chance to do that at all during season? Well, pretty much. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm retired now from teaching. I uh, taught for 42 years, and uh, I, I, I could say that I missed it a lot, but I, I miss it a little. Uh, so, you know, I get up in the morning, and, and uh, it, it, I really didn't realize how fun it would be just to coach without all the other stuff involved. And it's probably a good thing that uh, I, I really, really, really like my kids as football players. Now, if I had them in class uh, and saw them every day in class. and Driving lunch, you nuts I'll, before yeah, you even get to practice. I might not like them as much. So that part of it is, is probably the best part because I can come in and I can joke. We can, we can have fun with each other. And, uh, uh, 
and and I don't have that, you know, that that feeling of of man, I'm tired of you, uh, because of I I've seen you all day, and you know you were right. you were a pain in my neck all day, and and uh, all that stuff. So, uh, but but otherwise, you know, I we watch football. I got I got grandkids that uh, I go to events uh, and watch, and that that's fun. And uh, my son coaches uh, at Mishawaka. He's the offensive coordinator. When I get a chance, uh, when we're not playing on the nights that they're playing, and this year it was three nights, I got to see two of his games, and uh, I think he's coming to our final game because they have a bye week before their tournament starts. And, uh, you know, we uh, just uh, football, and we travel in the winter, and my wife and I, we went to Florida last last year. So, uh, You fish? I fish. I fish. Uh uh, I've got Christmas trees that I'm growing. Oh, uh, nice! Uh, it's, it's, and I tell people it's like a, it, it, that. That really is boring. And that tells you how boring my life is. I watch <laughs> Christmas trees grow. So, uh, but uh, they're almost ready to to sell or harvest or do whatever I want to do with them. But uh, uh, yeah, we. Uh, I, I do go fishing. I don't hunt because hunting season always came during football season and I didn't have a chance to do it so. yeah I and I can totally relate to that because that's I, I'm a diehard hunter and th- yes that is it's like <laughs> I remember a couple years ago when uh, Brandon when we won our first ever playoff game against Comstock and then the following week I was like man this is the peak of the rut and I can't go <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got to be at yeah. practice it was killing me yeah it was killing me but and, and speaking of which speaking of deer I got to give a shout out to my old man RC1 who he uh, got off the schneid shot his first deer in probably about 10 years uh, much needed I was, we were both ecstatic um, so I had a special shout out to my dad RC get finally um, getting on the board first this year and, and harvesting a nice doe this weekend um, during early bow season Coach, thank you uh, once again. Best of luck this week and uh, up at Plainwell. And then we'll be back here next uh, week talking about talking about the big game. Yeah, yeah. We won't talk but, about it until then. Nope, because both, yeah. both of you got to take care of business, right. so we're not even going right. to make any mention of it. But uh, congratulations again on not just last week, but just a, 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 what a ride this has been. And just keep it rolling. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We will. We'll give it a shot. and uh, I'm sure our kids will. Approach this the way they should. So. And once again, um, I keep forgetting to mention this, but obviously, you know, we're covering the games, and I know that you have a multiple of options to listen to Niles football, but uh, I think for our numbers are growing each and every week, and, and that's a credit to Andy Stuver and Bob Birch, who are doing the Niles games for me, and, and they're doing a fabulous job, and you can listen to the, the games uh, live online at rcsportscasting.com, but those two are doing a great job. Each week, our, our audience keeps growing so that, that's, that's all I need to see. And, and once again, a big shout-out to Matt Brawley for uh, dealing with all of us and making room for everybody in the press box, especially last week. I know it was just a, a maddening circus. I'm sure he was just elated to get all that BS out of the way yeah. and just get the game going. So thank you, Matt, for that also. So, again, best of luck, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Scott Shaw, the head coach of the Niles Vikings. We'll take a break. We'll come back and talk with Justin Kinsey about the Brandywine Benton Harbor game right after this on Coach's Corner live at Wings Etc. on the RC Sportscasting Podcast. 
When it comes to wings, everyone knows size does matter. No one knows it better than Wings Etc. Grill and Pub in Niles. Wings Etc. has the biggest, meatiest, award-winning jumbo wings in town. Choose from a wide selection of signature wing sauces, including our crazy hot habanero wall sauce. If you love wings and a whole lot more, come to Wings Etc. Niles to watch your favorite sports all year long. Wings Etc. Niles, official game fuel for high school sports. Find us at 2008 South 11th Street in Niles or online at wingsetc.com. We are back live here at Wings Etc. Getting ready for Monday Night Football. Is it? Is it Raiders and who is playing tonight anyway, Coach? Oh my God, I don't even I, know I, NFL. I don't I think I it's don't the Raiders. Is it the Raiders and Browns? Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're here to talk Brandywine football with Coach Justin Kinsey of the Brandywine Bobcats. And unfortunately, we go from by far the best game of the year. Uh, two weeks ago with the with the big win over to Dewajak, and then this past week just run into an absolute buzzsaw um, <coughs> yeah. up at Benton Harbor. It's never it's it's never easy going to Benton Harbor, no matter what sport you play. It, you, <coughs> there's always you know external things you got to battle, but you got to fight through them. And unfortunately, just couldn't overcome those things, and and we lose to the Tigers twenty three to nothing. Yeah, in the, in the battle of the paw print. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. It was. Uh, I mean, it was a wild night. I know. Um, you know, obviously, field conditions were were terrible, but like yes. that that favors us. I mean, that's we were you know we were good and muddy before the game. I mean, we were covered in mud before the game even started. Um, you know, we are. I mean, that favors us. We just holy cow, man. We we just made a ton of mistakes. Um, you know, it's we looked for the first two drives. We looked like well, first drive really. You know, just like any typical triple option team. You know, it's it's the old Paul Johnson rule of 65. 65% of teams are going to do something outside of their base um, to defend you. And so, you know, the first drive, we really, it's like the, the, the Jurassic Park, the Raptors biting the electric fence to try to find where the weaknesses are. You know, you got to run a couple of base plays, and you're like, all right, who's the dive? Who's got the quarterback? Who's got the pitch? Uh, so the first drive was, you know, was all right. And then the second drive, we, you know, we moved, the, moved the ball fairly well. Uh, and then you know just had a just a just a freak of a bad pitch, and I think that's you know wet ball, bad field conditions, um, and then you know so we ended up essentially spotting them too. And then from that point on, it was just like we were shell shocked, and we didn't really get our act back together until the until the second half. And not to make excuses because Benton Harbor had to deal with it too, but I mean this was without a doubt the first weather impacted game of the year because weather has been completely ideal. You know, <coughs> up until last Friday, yeah. when, and especially up there, that wind was whipping off Lake Michigan right across the field. So, depending on which side, which way you were heading, it could have been hitting you right in the face. Oh, absolutely! I mean, it, it was brutal. My dad, it was, was funny terrible. because I always have my dad. RC is always back listening to the game. He didn't. Um, Edwardsburg was away, obviously at Nile, so he didn't have his PA duties. So he's home listening to the game at home, and he's he's always giving me my he's my sound quality control guy, you know. And he'll he'll text me and tell me if I got to turn a certain mic up or whatever. And he's like, he's like, man, turn your crowd mic up. And I'm like, it's like There's, crowd mic ain't happening no, tonight because of the we, gale force winds yeah. out there. That's all you're gonna hear. Yeah, Brandywine. Hey, Bobcat Nation might have outnumbered <laughs> the Benton Harbor fans, and that's not saying much. And that we, was their homecoming because we only had about maybe 25, 30 people there. It was. It was really, really, really lightly attended. For yes, sure. so. I would totally agree. I look funny that you mentioned that because at one point I looked down the press box window and I'm like, 
there's nobody. <laughs> there's no, nobody here. Not that well. Maybe they're all still partying over in the tailgate central because I know they had a lot of tents for their, their tailgate. And, of course, you know, I was kind of warned earlier in the day when I talked to their AD, it's like you better get here early because it's homecoming, and they just kind of – everybody kind of creeps and starts to fill into the press box. And, fortunately, it was a very nice first half. And in the second half, the, the Benton Harbor cameraman – Invite, he must have had a little brother or something. Next thing you know, we have probably 20, 10-year-old and younger kids just roaming the free in the press box, and it was just utter chaos. Yeah, I heard that from my press box coaches said the same thing. I know, like, I, it was funny because, you know, I wasn't getting a ton of information from up in the press box, and afterwards it's like, no, there's, like, three adult Benton Harbor people right behind us. Like, we have to be careful what we're saying. Yes. Like, because we don't know who these who, who these are behind us. They could be coaches for all we knew. And I, I know I had heard about the camera guy trying to set up right behind Coach Pomeranka, and he's like, you, you, you cannot set your camera up right here. Uh, yeah, so I heard that the press box was was a lot of fun. Although I, I can imagine, you know, probably a lot of little kids and stuff. You know, people were trying to stay out of the stands and trying to stay dry. But yeah, not a not a great environment in there, I'm sure. You had to battle with a little bit of the injury bug on Friday, uh, particularly with your quarterback Caden Reith, who had to go out for for a significant amount of time. And yeah. I was actually concerned with him at, for a while because I saw him sitting on the bench with his helmet off. And I didn't know. I thought, man, has he got a concussion? Obviously, he had to deal with it. He got <laughs> an ankle, which yeah. I'm sure Kevin Roberts is like, tape that sucker up, boy, get back in there. Yeah. I, he, I guarantee you he wasn't getting any sympathy from Kevin for sure from what he's had to deal with. And um, but uh, that obviously had you know an impact. Yeah, oh, I absolutely did. I mean, Caden Reith does such a good job of of running this offense. And again, you know, a lot of what we do, just like just like our, any really good triple option program, you know, your quarterback is your general out there. You know, we we call the plays on the sideline, and I say all the time, you know, obviously I'm like, oh, I don't even call the plays. Obviously, I call the plays. But it's the idea that, you know, Caden Reith knows, depending on the fronts we get, hey, if they do this, we want to do this. If we see this, we're going to check into this. And so having all of those checks um, really adds an element to the offense, just like any triple option. I mean, any triple option offense, you have a, a limited amount of reps to split between your quarterbacks. Um, and Caden Reith definitely with a small program like ours, we just we can't afford to, to, to rotate that many quarterbacks in practice. And so when he goes down, we got very, very thin in the playbook. Um, and I think, too, just again, you know, it's like you said, it's, it's a hard place to play. I think I was looking today, and Benton Harbor's only won seven football games in the last two years, and six of those were at home. They have a massive home field advantage. It is a tough, tough place to go and play. So I think our kids were, you know, we were shell-shocked and dealing with the environment and the weather and everything else. Um, and so, I mean, all those things combined, you know, we have injuries. we got a couple of guys that were getting dinged up. We've got people playing out of position. And, again, you know, being a small school, it isn't like we have a backup quarterback. Our backup quarterback is a guy who's playing another position, which means now, you know, just like when, when uh, um, you know, friggin' uh, so Connor he, went down last year, week one, it was, uh, God, let's see. So, Owen, you know, Owen at that point wasn't even on the depth chart. We have to slide Caden over. That means we have to move somebody new to X. That means we have to move somebody right. new over to corner. We have to move. So, so what you're getting at is, is QB1 goes down, QB2 comes in to fill in but now since qb2 is wide is x1 yep. you know so now i mean either way you've got to especially the school yeah. the size of us you, you've got to you know plug and play we essentially have seven backups playing <laughs> now i mean they're, they're all starters don't get me wrong right. but it's we're essentially like the number twos in every position well credit to benton harbor's coaches because they obviously knew who they had to shut down yep. for brandy wine and that's number 26 and boy did they 
They yeah. had they had Carter's number Friday night. They did, and you know it's frustrating because there are I mean there are ways there you know there's plays that we we tried to get running. There's some things we tried to do, and it was again just you know with what they were doing. You know they're they're firing a gap and they're scrape exchanging on the edge. You know there are plays in the triple option playbook that we specifically have those in, and we know how to run them and we know how to do it. And then you know we have. Roberts at quarterback, and we've got a dinged up guard, and now we've got a backup wing, and it was just, you know, you know, it, not it, to mention really too, bad spot. regardless of the caliber, and obviously that's the one thing though that you do have an advantage. I mean, I think that your backup quarterback and Kevin, I think most coaches would kill to have Kevin Roberts as their backup. I mean, because that's, I mean, last year he was competing, he was he was QB one <coughs> going into camp last yeah. year, so you know, it just moving around. But regardless, it's a different cadence. The snap feels different. Yep. Every, everything changes regardless of their ability to play the position. It just changes things up. And going back to Benton Harbor, uh, I believe it was number 66. Man, he yeah. was something to deal with. No, he was, yeah, he was a, a terror for sure. He was giving us a hard time. Um, and, again, it was just the idea, you know, the the, the scrape exchange. We, you know, we, we That's on us. I mean, the kid did a great job not, not taking any knocks on him. But, you know, if we handle business the way that we – know that we're capable of you know that's that the, we we should have been able to cancel that kid out I mean we knew what we were doing we knew what was happening and it just we we couldn't account for that kid and again I mean hats off to him he did a great job a heck of an athlete he was a you know a, tormenting us all night long um but again that's just as much you know frustration that we couldn't execute you know we we shot ourselves in the foot just as much as you know they were doing damage we were not you know we were definitely helping them it was twenty-four nothing at halftime. Um, it came out, and then obviously, you know, do the math. I mean, or twenty-three nothing. Excuse me. Those twenty-four. Okay. Yep. Um, but uh, you know, second half, it's even, even. You know, and and um, just couldn't punch it in. We and then ironically, we literally get tackled on the one yard the line one yard at line, the yeah. last play of the game. <laughs> um, did it cons- did it surprise you as much as me how much Benton Harbor threw the football in the second half? Yeah, especially. I mean, not to disrespect to you or to us, because we had a hell of a time with our running back. I mean, he was running the. I mean, he was busting off some big runs in that second half, and I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm putting my coaching hat back on. Like, why are they not feeding him the rock and try to, you know, yeah. finish this game out? And they kept throwing the ball, and which just kept they kept creating mistakes, and they kept technically allowing us to stay in the game yeah and I think there's a couple of pieces to that I think you know first and foremost uh, again obviously this is a team that you know scouting them they were I think 68 percent pass prior going in so obviously we spent a lot of time worried about making sure that we had our you know our, our match quarter stuff ready to go make making sure that we knew what we needed to adjust to and what we needed to key on and then we get to the game field and hey they didn't pass it all in the first half so it took us a little time to you know to adjust to that and i think what happened in the second half too we had a little bit of a, a little bit of a momentum shift um, even just with officiating i think that you know they started some of the some of the little ticky tack things that they let go in the first half, the officials started to kind of hold them accountable for in the second half. Um, and that's even like there was one situation where it was a. I think it was a little more than ticky tack. Yeah. Well, it, hey, I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a politician <laughs> here. Um, but so there was one situation that so it was a first and ten, and there was an incomplete pass, so it was going to be second and ten. But then there was a hold, so the option was you could take the second and ten or back them up to first and fifteen. And I was like, we're going to take the five because when you get them behind the sticks, they. They start to, you know, they, they look at their play sheet and whatever it is on their play sheet, if it is, you know, 
a number greater than 10, they're going to start passing it and they're going to start doing things they're uncomfortable with. And it ended up being, a, I think, a third and 25 or a third and 30 on that series. Yeah. Um, but it is, I think that what happened is in the second half, they started to kind of, you know, the, the officials kind of started to, to make themselves noticed, so to speak. Um, and so it put them behind the sticks. And again, like, I mean, I'm thinking to myself, shoot, second and 15, you just gashed us for 20 yards on the ground. I just run the ball again. But their their play sheet, what they had on their, their play sheet ready to go is when they're looking at a second and 15, they're going to pass the ball. And so that, that ended up just getting them behind the sticks a little bit kind of got them out of a rhythm. Um, and I think you could tell, too, it got them frustrated as well. So, um, you know, we did a better job, too. We made some adjustments at, at halftime. Um, obviously, you know, just being able to, to go in at halftime. I wish if, if I had 11 offensive starters and 11 defensive starters, we could grab a whiteboard and we could draw stuff up on the sideline and make adjustments. But at a small school like this, you know, I, I think we have three guys that I'm, I'm talking to Drew McKee and Charles McLaurin on defense. Like, all right, so I need you to go to the huddle and communicate this to the rest of the guys. Like, they're my, they're my adjusters. That's it. Everybody else is playing both ways. Uh, so being going into halftime, we were able to make some adjustments. Did we have the long walk to the locker room? Was the locker room unlocked this time? So the the <laughs> locker room was unlocked. There was no lighting, and there were also the additional. So we're playing them later in the year than we did last year. So there were the that that rickety, very dangerous concrete staircase was covered in. That's what, been there yeah. since the. School was built. Yeah, we originally thought they were like squishy, rotten apples. They were actually walnuts, and so we actually had a player that almost fell and went down that whole staircase because he stepped on a walnut thing on the way down. So it was not a great situation. So and we Friday were, night was a night where you you had to get into lock to get out of the weather for at least oh, a little to. bit. Yeah, you know, it's to. not like if it would have been you know sunny and and fifty five sixty degrees, you could have just you know hung out at the one end zone. But you you did had to seek refuge for had a little to. bit. Yeah, it had to. And, you know, so we had coaches holding cell phone lights up to make sure nobody tripped and fell. And it was, yeah, it's always a fun walk. That is a, a long, long distance. And it is like the staircase is just, it's wet. It's kind of crooked. The handrail isn't real sure. The branches are kind of brushing over. It's, yeah, it's a not a not a great, not a great uh, halftime walk for sure. But Well, let's flush Friday night down the yep. toilet. Yes, and please. If, and everything <laughs> that what it was. And let's move forward because there's still things to be fought for. Um, this, you know, even though we are sitting here at two and five, um, last year we finished four and five and got in the playoffs and that's still a very good possibility. I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it all starts this week as we travel to Coloma last year, they did not have a varsity team this year. They do much improved. What can you tell us about the comments? Yeah. So, uh, first and foremost, you know, they're a well-coached team. Uh, you know, Coach Cleet does a great job. He's like me. He's a defensive guy that calls the offense because he thinks it's the best thing he can do for his defense. Um, you know, so they are, uh, you know, they're they're still young, obviously. You know, they're guys that, you know, they they didn't have a game against Hartford. So they're at, you know, they only have six varsity games of experience in the last two years. Um, so they're young, but they have some good size. They've got some pretty good athletes. Um, he does a really good job of utilizing. You know, he, he he does that spread stuff, but he's got that sniffer, that H back that's got his face and the the tailbone of the guard and the tackle. And he does a good job of moving him around to kind of create the looks and create the windows that he wants. Um, they do a very nice job of passing the ball. I think they do a good job of kind of keeping defenses honest. That you know you can't really overcommit to one thing. Uh, you've got to have a plan that can defend a lot of things. 
Um, I know I think probably second only to our, our dear friend Coach Fry. He does a really good job of throwing out a ton of different formations and a ton of different looks. Um, so you've got to make sure, you know, you can't, you know, as a defensive coach, you know, putting my defensive coordinator hat on, you can't – you want to be able to adjust to formations, but you can't adjust to 17 formations, and you know full well they've had two weeks of practice. Uh, they've, they've got some stuff, some flavor of the week stuff there that we're not going to be ready for. So you just have to come up with, okay, like what are, what are the things they're trying to do from this formation, from this formation? What formations can we lump together? Um, it definitely, it's, it's going to be a challenge to prepare for just because, you know, it's a well-coached team. They're a good staff, um, and we know each other, and there's a little bit of familiarity there we've you know we've scrimmaged with them and we've done some summer workouts with them for the last two years so there's there's definitely some 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 brotherly love and or hate there between the two programs uh so it'll be a fun experience for sure well i can tell you i can rest assured it will be an electric atmosphere there it always is at coloma and as i talked to coach Shaw, you know you you come into this part of the season if you're on the road it's guaranteed you're playing either their homecoming or their senior night. Yep. So, which will be one of the two. If not both, you know, and hell, it could be both. Now, I guess my other question is now, do they have a JV team or will we have a JV game this week? So, we, we won't have a JV team just because, obviously, we're dealing with some injuries coming off of uh, the, the, the Benton Harbor game. So, we have enough bodies. The problem is that, you know, the we have essentially, like, we have 13 JV players. And then we've got three or four guys that are those tweeners that we play them for a quarter or two of JV because we need them for three right. or two quarters of varsity. And especially now with us, you know, kind of on the outside looking in, we know what we need to do to make a, uh, to have a shot at playoffs. Um, and so we know, you know, hey, if, if our JV guard gets hurt in the first quarter, we don't have a replacement because I can't you know, put in the kid that we're also going to need for Friday night. Um, so I know that, uh, you know, I talked to uh, Mr. Seidenbender this morning. We kind of got the confirmation that we're not going to have numbers. Um, my understanding is that they've had a JV team. Um, I know we reached out and said that we would be able to do a scrimmage, just kind of do a, you know, 10-minute quarters, no special teams, uh, just because we do have those 13 kids. And then if, okay, you know, our guard gets hurt, we literally have five JV linemen so if a guard gets hurt okay maybe we can take a kid that's not wearing an el an, an, an ineligible jersey that's a tongue twister yeah you know we can take a number 42 and throw for our number 40 and put number 40 at tackle and let him play a little bit uh but I, I don't know that we have officially heard back on that so even though you said four but I, I automatically thought of number 42 which is Joe Frazier yeah. I know he went down what's what's going what's the latest with Joe and his injury from Friday night yeah, so he's sore. He just he caught a uh, – I, I think it was just a crown of the helmet right to his shin. Um, in the end of the game, it got they got a little frustrated because the very last – very, very last drive, we put together an 18-play, six-and-a-half-minute drive. And, again, like, you know, I don't think we were doing anything dirty. We just – you know, at that point in the game, I told the kids, you know, we are going – now that we had Caden Reith back because he came back in for the last drive, I was like, you know, we are going to go back to the stuff we do because I don't want you walking off this field not – having faith and you know we put together a heck of a drive and I think that they were a little frustrated and so it kind of got a little extra at the end there um, so I don't know if it was an intentional crown of the helmet to the shin or if it was an accidental crown of the helmet to the shin uh, but yeah nothing's broken but it's it's bruised and he's pretty sore so he he didn't practice today but you know he was out there running around and you know out there with the guys uh, it's mostly precautionary but it's not it's not an injury it's he's hurt he's not injured we look ahead to these two weeks obviously Coloma's one, and then we go up to uh, 
Godwin Heights. That's correct. Yeah. On on next week. So as we said, I mean, I know you. You're all looking into it. So I mean, what are the <coughs> if we do finish out with two wins? I yes. mean, is what is the probability? Let's let's get technical. What is the probability, Coach Kinsey? Kay. Of the Brandywine Bobcats qualifying for the playoffs if they win these final two games. All right, so let me put on my econ minor mathematician hat here. So we did the numbers, and we actually, when we made the decision, because there was some questioning, like, okay, obviously from a playoff standpoint, like, we are looking at a Division Six team, Hartford, that's forfeiting to us, that's guaranteed points. You know, what's the benefit or what's the risk? And so originally we made the decision, like, listen, you know, if we don't make the playoffs, I want to make sure our seniors get another game. Um, from the young guys, you know, from, you know, Coach Kinsey keeping his job in the future, I want to make sure we have another game to get these sophomores and juniors more experience. But we also realized that if we lost to Benton Harbor, because, again, you know, I mean, on paper we should have been a much more competitive team to Benton Harbor, uh, but we know, hey, last same thing happened to us last year. We went there and they, they housed us pretty good. So we knew going in, you know, we're going to have to find somebody bigger than Division Six to play. And so I kind of let, you know, Mr. Seidenbender, our athletic director, know, you know, kind of poke around, get some ideas. This program had originally reached out to us as soon as Hartford canceled because they had their Week 9 opponent I forget who it's Muskegon Academy or something. It's a really, really small program that they knew that there's a chance that this team won't have a, uh, a program. And so I have a little spreadsheet put together, and we've kind of done the numbers, and I kind of go off of uh, Goose Poop, who is does a great job on Twitter, and goosepoop.io is a great website that they do all of their uh, the mathematical probabilities and bracketology and mapatology. Uh, so the math is if we had lost to Benton Harbor, beat Coloma, and then taken the Hartford points, we would have been sitting anywhere from 36th to 33rd, which puts us on the outside looking in. Um, so zero chance. Yeah, zero chance. Um, so we were – there was one possibility because with that program you can kind of run some some scenarios. There was one scenario that it put us at 32nd. It's like, oh, wow, okay, so let's look. And that was giving Hartford a win. Well, obviously Hartford can't get a win because they, they canceled their season. Um, so now with Godwin Heights, if we beat Coloma, obviously we got to go one one game at a time. Uh, but if we beat Coloma and then we beat Godwin Heights, assuming Godwin Heights doesn't win again the rest of this year because obviously they'd get bonus points if, if, if they do, uh, we should be anywhere from 32nd to 30th in points as long as everything kind of plays out the way it should. So essentially, you know, as long as we win out, we win week eight, we win week nine, we are at least in a situation that we can feel relatively confident unless there's some crazy situation that pops up um, that we would at least have a shot of making it into playoffs, um, which would put us probably against, I think it's Kent City, right, then? Because I think they're the top seed. Lawton and Schoolcraft are two and three, and Kent City would be number one. Um, but again, like you know, we got to take one thing at a time because we we've we got a great. Yeah. If that happens, you got a great uh, council to speak with, and that would be Coach Fry. It would be. I would definitely. I will have a very very brief conversation with uh, <laughs> with Coach Fry. But again, him and I, I you know, I talked to him even this weekend, and I told him, you know, like, hey, you know, I you're a guy that does things the right way, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm sorry, but, you know, I come from a place where I think that the guys that handle themselves with class and, you know, respect the profession, like, I want these guys to do well. So I know that Buchanan's a rival, but, man, I'm going to help them out any way I can just because I respect Coach yeah. Fry, and I hope that that would repay itself in Coach Fry being very helpful with information yes. about Kent City. 
And we will kind of segue that into Coach Fry. Obviously, he had to uh, – he cannot make it tonight as he, he is the assistant principal also at Buchanan. He had administrative duties uh, tonight at an event that he had to make an appearance since the principal couldn't be there. He had to fill in. So, um, But the Bucks they went and played Bronson on Thursday. Yep. I don't know why they played Thursday, but they did play Thursday night and got a 27 to nothing shutout. Yep. Um, so they improved, and then they, they will play Dwajak this week, and then they'll finish at home against Union City. So, Coach, uh, we'll wrap things up here. Um, best of luck this week against Coloma. And, you know, I mean, it's, at least it's, it's cut and dry. I mean, you know what you have to do, and you just got to go out there. Yeah. You got nothing to lose. I mean, just go out there and let her rip and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. And that's basically where we're at at this point. No, absolutely. And I know, you know, even going back a couple weeks when we knew that we had the Hartford forfeit was sitting at week nine, you know, do we want to – Go out, you know, go out sitting at home watching Twitter and Instagram for updates, keeping our fingers crossed that things fell our way. It's like, you know what, man, we're going to be on a bus in our pads, at least going down with a shot of our own. You know, we're going to go down and at least have a chance to control our own destiny. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, like our, our we want to play football. We want to play games, you know, and, you know, we, we know going in like everybody would love to, you know, there's 600 and some odd coaches in the state of Michigan that would love to hang a banner from Ford Field. You know, and at this point, like, man, we're just – we're trying to take it one at a time. Like, I'd love to hang banners, but, man, I'm just trying to keep the season going for as long as we can. And, you know, just being able to get at least one more game is, you know, we know that we're not potentially counting down the days to our last game. We know we have two more. Uh, and it's nice to just be able to control your destiny a little bit. Well, you're, one of your greatest strengths is you always have a positive attitude. I know you'll keep your head up. Um, you're, you're, you're even keel, man, whether through the good and through the bad. It gets Coach really Kenzie, difficult sometimes. I, and I know it, but you still <laughs> – that's, that's one of your strengths that I admire the hell out of you for, and um, everything, everything will work out in the end. So Certainly hope so. Let, let's, but first things first, let's beat the Comets on Friday night, and we'll be there, obviously, for all the game. RC3 hopefully will be back in action as he's taking a two-week hiatus. Uh, his boss is way too lenient on him, but uh, we'll have RC3 back behind the microphone along with myself and Terry Bohr. We'll have pregame at 645 and then kickoff at 7 o'clock live from Coloma. Brandywine and the Comets right here on rcsportscasting.com. Coach, thanks for showing up. Best of luck to you, and we will talk to you next Monday. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Go Cats. All right. Justin Kinsey, the head coach of the Brandywine Bobcats. And that'll wrap things up for another Coach's Corner here in Week 7. Once again, uh, this week's lineup will be at Coloma for the Bobcats and the Comets. And then also on rcsportscasting.com, Niles will be on the road as well as they'll be taking on Plainwell. Both those games will have pregame coverage starting at 645 with kickoff at 7 p.m. live on rcsportscasting.com. Thank you, everybody, from Wings Etc., always our gracious host. Until next week, you've been listening to the RC Sportscasting Podcast, Coach's Corner. We'll see you next week, everybody. Have a great week. For the best in high school sports, RC Sportscasting.